always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. It's going to be a great Saturday morning. I am glad to be with you. Ashley Frasca here. You're listening to Green and Growing, and we're jamming out to the theme music here on 95.5 WSB. Uh, it's been more than a year now, officially more than one year that Green and Growing's been on the air. I'm very, very thankful for that. Took over for the Lawn and Garden Show and Walter Reeves, which lasted 26 years on the air here at WSB. Now, I cannot guarantee that I will host this show for 26 years, but at least for a few. We have a great time, and every month there's so much information that I want to bring to you and so many things to share with you. And I was always intimidated by the thought of the winter months hosting a garden show. I'm like, what, what do we do in the colder months in December and January and February? And I have found, thanks to the help of many people who, you know, give me information and ideas for the show, that there's never any shortage of things to talk about for sure. So here we are. We, we made it through a very cold week, and I put out kind of a sarcastic, uh, funny tweet about Tuesday's ice storm, which ended up not really being an ice storm. But I spent the night at a hotel in Midtown Atlanta Monday night just so I could ensure that I got to work for a 4 a.m. start on Channel 2 Action News Tuesday morning. And we waited and we waited, and then they said, well, maybe 8 o'clock a.m. Tuesday is going to be when it really starts to dip and it's going to freeze and it, it was a bust but nevertheless it was a really cold week and a rainy week so we're kind of coming out of that we have sunshine this weekend so there's a couple of themes I want to talk about but of course taking your calls as well 404-872-0750 you can ask any garden question you've got or something you want to share maybe something you've had success with and you've tried or just uh, some information you'd like to pass along to the listeners but two themes for the show today. Georgia Arbor Day was yesterday, but it was celebrated throughout many metro Atlanta communities the entire week and still things that are going on in your local community this weekend to celebrate that. So Georgia Arbor Day is always set for the third Friday of February. I think National Arbor Day is a little later, maybe April or May, but this is strategic because this is the time of the year to plant trees and shrubs. And many of you have asked, well, I know, but it's cold or the ground may be close to freezing. I just don't understand why I would want to put, you know, a new tree or a new shrub into a, into a cold, you know, cold soil. But it, it is, though it seems counterintuitive, it does make sense because the roots, they don't mind. So they, they take the time to establish and really grow strong before the, the hot months of summer when it's going to be stressed out. And also next week begins National Invasive Species Awareness Week. And that's kind of cool. That's something a little bit different that we don't really think about. But believe it or not, all of any invasive species that you can think, it affects all of us, right? I mean, whether you're a rancher or a landowner or you live in a suburb or a city, the influence of invasive species are always there. Um, they can be very destructive to certain trees, varieties of trees and things like that. So uh, being citizen scientists, again, as it were, we can really help with tree health and, and avoid deforestation and species coming from different countries into the United States really posing a threat. So in the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to get a little more into that and talk about some exciting things that you can participate in next week for that. And that's kind of all brought about by the uh, North American Invasive Species Management Group. So I'm going to share some links there, and you can do a little bit of your own research and kind of see what is a threat here in Georgia. Uh, South Georgia may have some different threats to some of their 
vegetation than North Georgia does. But certainly we'll get into that. I'm going to have Dr. Dave Coyle from Clemson University on, and he'll take questions, too, about any kind of pests or bugs or infestations coming up at 8 o'clock. But, yes, want to go ahead and start with Arbor Day. Uh, There's just, like I said, so many exciting things that communities do. And some communities, like Dunwoody, for example, uh, here in the metro Atlanta area, are uh, recognized by Tree City USA, and they have to go through kind of a rigorous process to be involved in that. So that's really exciting for people that are in those communities. But uh, Georgia Power, too, they've got a program, Green Keepers, and the company's Employee Volunteer Environmental and Natural Resources Organization. They distribute hundreds of seedlings in communities across the state this month to celebrate Georgia Arbor Day. Yesterday was a big day. It was Georgia's Arbor Day. And I want to just tell you the first Georgia Arbor Day was proclaimed by the Georgia General Assembly back in 1890. And then in the in the 1940s, they set it to the third Friday in February. That was always going to be the day that our state celebrated Arbor Day. The best time to plant trees in Georgia is November to March. And that gives trees and shrubs to just a good time to get established before the heat of summer. So, yeah, some of you are out there in the wintertime, you know, like back in the colder months, December, January, planting trees. And that seems counterintuitive because the ground's cold, but it gives those roots a break and allows them to really start to grow. So glad to be a part of that. We missed it yesterday, but there's celebrations all weekend long, I'm sure, thanks to the Georgia Forestry Commission and the Georgia Tree Council for all of the work they do and to Georgia Power. Georgia Power over the years has been a huge supporter of the environment, and they have always done something to recognize Arbor Day. So I've got with me their communications specialist, Meredith Stone. Hey, welcome to Green and Growing. Hey, thank you for having us, and happy Arbor Day. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that we can span it over the course of a weekend and you know do a lot of things in our community to benefit the environment. Over the years, Meredith, I don't know how long you've been with Georgia Power, but how many trees would you guys say y'all are responsible for that have been planted in Georgia? Well, just over the couple years, you know, 2020 with COVID, it was a hard year, but over the last couple of years, we've planted over 500,000 trees on land throughout Georgia. And we've actually restored 178 acres of longleaf pine habitat throughout the state. Georgia is our home. We're very proud of it. We want to be good stewards. So we're happy to participate in Arbor Day and all of the good efforts that come along with it. First of all, tell us kind of the most obvious thing I think of when I think of planting a tree. You got to dig that hole. So we want to be sure <laughs> that the spot where we're putting it is a good spot. But kind of y'all's motto, right tree, right place. Tell folks what that means. It would be terrible to come home with this carload of beautiful new plants, shrubs and trees. And you dug all these holes and you're like, oh, wait, this is too close to a power line. <laughs> yeah. So we really you know, when you're looking at things to buy and you're looking at places to plant it, you know, it may be a small tree right now, but consider the life of that tree and what it will grow into and what are the possibilities for these um, plants and shrubs and trees. Um, Because as they grow, they could become very large and eventually interfere with power lines. And um, this is just something that we want you to, to keep in mind As you mentioned, the right tree in the right place, Um, not only for the aesthetics of your property, but it also decreases the likelihood of a power outage if we were to have a significant storm and that tree were to unfortunately come down. 
Yeah, so we encourage homeowners to look up and see, you know, that crepe myrtle is going to get a lot taller than it is now in that cute little pot or a magnolia or something like that <laughs> 20 years from now. So look up, see what power lines are up above. And talk to me, too, about the vegetation management and the right-of-way use that Georgia Power has and why that's so important to keeping the power going. So we are on a um, we're on a cyclical schedule when it comes to tree pruning. You know, we we try to get as much done throughout the state as we can in certain increments of time because we want to not only protect the trees but also keep those trees away from our power lines. That's going to be huge because when we have a storm, usually the reason for a power outage is a down tree or a down limb. So maintaining those along the right-of-ways, that's going to be really important for not only the health of the tree, um, those are done by certified arborists. You know, we, we don't just send anybody out to do those. Um, we painstakingly go through that process to make sure that we're doing it properly for the health of the tree and also to maintain our lines and keep the power on. And everybody wants that, especially with the cold days we've had the last few weeks here in February, Meredith. We want our heat and we want all of our food in our fridge to stay cold as it should. Um, That's right. Yeah. So y'all have got a great website for whether they're customers of Georgia Power or not. But give us the website where people can find out more about trees and good publications you guys have and tips for planting. GeorgiaPower.com slash trees is a great resource if you're thinking about planting If you're curious about the zones, we talk about breaking your property into three zones, the tall zone, the medium zone, the low zone, when it comes to beautifying your property and the areas around your home. And then, of course, safety information can be found there and all the good work that we're doing across state as well. So that's georgiapower.com slash trees. And one last reminder, as you're going out and you're planting and you're digging, always be sure to check with Georgia 811 to be safe before you dig. And that's a free call, like literally 811, isn't it? Yes, it's that easy. All right, Meredith Stone, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks for having us. So this weekend may be ideal to get out there and plant some of the seedlings that you may obtain uh, from different jurisdictions for Arbor Day, or if you're going to go to Pike Nursery and buy a tree that's potted and it's ready to go, or shrub or something like that. Uh, The ground's still a little wet from all of the rain And it's not frozen over or anything like that. It's going to get up into the 50s today. So keep that in mind. This weekend may be good. But deforestation is such a concern. Um, Right now, forests cover about 30% of the world's land area. And that seems kind of low. That really only 30%, I mean, I know most of it's water, but only 30% still remains forest land. And if you think about this, a statistic that I saw from, uh, from National Geographic, from 1990 to 2016, So over the span of 16 years, over 500,000 square miles of forest uh, were destroyed. So that's a lot in 16 years. And granted, the world population is exploding as well. So all of us need a place to live and work and and all of that kind of thing. But uh, farming and grazing, also just urbanization, as we see a lot here in metro Atlanta, the wildfires that have been so rampant out west, logging operations for us to have those wood products and furniture and paper products, which that's becoming less and less. But all of those are reasons for deforestation. So you may not think it makes a difference, but it does. You planting one tree 
can really make a difference and, and teach, you know, a very good lesson and a good example to your kids, too, if that's something you all get out there and do together or do with the grandkids as well this weekend. So something to think about. Um, coming up at 630, Walter is going to take the Saturday off. So I'm going to have Seth Hawkins from the Georgia Forestry Commission on to talk a little bit more about it. He's got some great tips for you. So stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Another update on your weekend weather brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, you heard Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitt say it's going to be sunny. Highs only around 50 degrees, though. Things starting to dry out just a bit. And the mostly sunny tomorrow highs around the mid-50s. But the chance of rain returns on Monday. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. So in between the rain showers we had on Thursday and that we're scheduled to have on Monday, you can get a lot done in the landscape this weekend. Uh, My top three things to do, the list begins with number one, prune shrubs. It's a great time to do that. Holly, ligustrum, butterfly bush. I always think butterfly bush and roses, knockout roses, I always think around Valentine's Day, you know, mid-February. Rose of Sharon. That has been twiggy and ugly all winter long, and I can't believe I even just let it stay there in my landscape looking as ugly as it has. Um, and euonymus. So some of those shrubs right there, holly, ligustrum, and euonymus, are going to be so forgiving if they need major, major uh, you know, reduction in size. That's going to be okay. I'm thinking about hedge trimmers for my ligustrum this weekend um, because loppers just are not going to do it. The trunks are so large. Um, and I'm probably going to make some pretty messy cuts, but I think... Ligustrum so tough that it's going to be just fine if I, if I uh, go at that a little harsh. Number two, while you're in the cutting mood, pampas grass and other ornamental grasses can be cut back to around 12 inches high. And keep in mind, too, you can also be uh, trimming back monkey grass or lirio, pleuropy, however you say it. Um, if you need to, you can also dig it up and split it and share it with some folks. There is a difference, though, between the one that spreads and the one that doesn't. So know what you've got there as far as monkey grass. And you see the blades right now. They're not diseased or it's not a fungus or anything like that, but just a little bit of discoloration. So I just go down on my knees with some clippers and just almost give it a haircut. Um, But if you've got a lot, you can certainly mow over it. And then you'll start to see a little bit of new growth down there in the middle. And number three, fertilize fescue now. This is just the first of a few fertilization applications that you'll make to tall fescue, but now is a great time to do that. UGA's Clint Waltz, a turf grass specialist, said looking at a fertilizer like a 1648 or a 24812, something like that is going to be best for the fescue. What you're really looking at, nitrogen and potassium, the first and the third numbers are the highest. So for that example, 24812, just look at the bag, make sure you know what you've got. And next Saturday, I'm going to have Clint back on the show. We're certainly going to talk about a pre-emergence herbicide to combat those weeds in the fescue in your warm season grasses. We want to get ahead of those. All right, time to take a break on green and growing. And when we come back, Seth Hawkins from the Georgia Forestry Commission. We're celebrating Georgia Arbor Day right here on Green and Growing on WSB. Caterpillar to a butterfly. 
It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. It's about 6.37 on your Saturday morning. Now, this is the spot in Green and Growing where we usually talk to Walter Reeves for Walter's Wondering. And instead, because Arbor Day, Georgia Arbor Day, was yesterday, there was a whole week full of celebrations and things to do around the state. So I have brought back a special guest from the Georgia Forestry Commission, Seth Hawkins. You've heard him on the show before, community forester. Hey, welcome back. Hey, Ashley, how are you doing this morning? I am so happy to have you back on to talk about Georgia Arbor Day. This is a great opportunity to tell some folks some things they may not know. And you, my friend, had a very busy week traveling the state, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, this is a, a part of the year that the Georgia Forestry Commission really looks forward to. It's a great opportunity for us to get out in the community and get engaged. And, yeah, you're exactly right. So February is um, Georgia Arbor Day month, if you will. So official Georgia Arbor Day is the third Friday in February. But we have communities celebrate Arbor Day all throughout the tree planting season from November all the way to the end of February. So, yeah, this is a really big, uh, busy month and week for us, but we love it. We love getting out and getting engaged with all the communities at their Arbor Day events. Now, what are some of the requests that you had? You know, you're all the way in Macon and coming in the Athens area, but what are some of the requests from groups that you get when you go out and talk or, you know, do demonstrations for them? We love to just play any role that we can in the community's Arbor Day events. Um, you know, we love to come out and definitely help plant the tree and provide planting demonstration and technical advice to people when they're when they're planting either there or at home. Uh, we also usually bring along um, tree seedlings to hand out, which everyone loves, uh, take them home and plant later that day. And also, um, usually, a GFC person will have the uh, Tree City USA award materials, which a lot of our communities that celebrate Arbor Day are members of the Tree City USA program. And so they really look forward to getting those award materials, you know, plaques for their city hall, flags, things like that. That is really neat. Okay, now before we get into what all of us can do to kind of participate in our own way, like you said, so what, it was yesterday, the actual designated day was yesterday, but we can do this all month. It's the right time of year to plant trees. But I want to ask you really quickly just a couple of technical questions on planting trees. Um, what This time of year, what's best if you plant bald and burlapped or bare root? It really depends on the site and the and what capacity you have, equipment, things like that. So you're right. You have the bald and burlap, which are the big two, three, four hundred pound trees. Usually those are going to be larger caliper, two, three, four inch caliper trees. Um, you know, they are great trees, really sturdy, stand up well, but it involves usually equipment to move them and place them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then there's bare root, which you mentioned, which is usually like the seedlings you'll get at Arbor Day events. And those are probably the easiest to handle. Uh, but sometimes they can be susceptible to some urban stressors, such as a small limited root system, drying out, and things like that. You know, I really think for homeowners, the best option is a containerized tree, tree in a pot, um, you know, 5, 10, 15 gallons, something like that on the bigger end. I really think that's the best option for a homeowner to get the best root system and something they can physically handle and plant properly. And kind of break the dirt up around that once removing the container and kind of tease the roots out a little bit, right? For sure. Um, people are always amazed how rough I am with a containerized root ball once I pull it out of the pot. Um, but definitely, you want to break up those circling roots because once they're in that pattern, they're going to keep circling. So you really want to fray those out and kind of get those out radially going away from the root ball. All right. Now, I feel like over the course of the last month or so, I've talked a lot about this being the time of year, really good time of year, ideal actually, to plant trees and to plant shrubs. 
uh, allow them to get established before the heat of summer. So let's fast forward uh, past that, Seth, maybe a year or two from now, once we have a tree kind of it's in its establishment phase, what does the homeowner need to do to ensure its continued success? So the big thing with planting new trees is proper watering. So that means the right amount of water and the right frequency of watering. So the, you're exactly right. That establishment phase, usually that first two or three growing seasons after planting, is usually the, the, when the tree is the most susceptible to stressors and drying out and dying. So it's really important during that establishment phase for us to really properly water, which would be a rule of thumb to follow is about five to seven gallons per caliper inch wow. of once a week. So you don't want to water every day or every other day. Trees really like to get all the way soaked and saturated, then all the way dried out, then all the way soaked and all the way dried out. But if you make sure and just keep up with good proper watering, keep a good mulch ring around that tree, don't let any weed eaters or anything get to it, um, and get it out of that establishment phase, then um, the tree usually will get settled in and hopefully have a nice, long, happy life there for us. Good advice. And you make it sound so easy. So thank you for that. I'm joined by Seth Hawkins from the Georgia Forestry Commission. We're talking about Arbor Day, which was yesterday, but really celebrating that and what we can be doing as uh, engaged citizens here in Georgia. So, Seth, I did want to pick your brain on that. For someone who's never planted a tree or may live in an apartment or an environment where they're not able to to plant, why is it so important that we kind of grow the awareness, you know, for folks to, to do this and how important trees are to our survival? Oh, yeah. I mean, we could talk the rest of your show about what all trees <laughs> do for us on a daily basis, for sure. Um, but I think it's really important, like you said, people that maybe don't have their own, you know, yard trees or anything like that to understand that a tree planted in your neighborhood or in your community benefits everyone in that community. Trees don't pick winners or losers. They uh, do their thing regardless and provide that benefit to the entire community. So, again, trees do so much for us from an energy-saving point of view, from a stormwater mitiga- uh, mitigation point of view, um, from heat island mitigation to a bunch of other socioeconomic impacts. Think, like, again, we could talk a lot about that. But it's really important to get out and get involved with your community. Again, even if you can't plant in your own yard, helping your community with you know your tree board or the city with planting more trees in public spaces, uh, again, will help everyone in that whole community. Yeah, just kind of, it, it makes me sick to my stomach a little bit. I know, you know, so many people move into Metro Atlanta, so we got to take down some trees to build some new communities, whether it's new townhome communities or neighborhoods or something like that. But I just feel like that responsibility is kind of on us. Sure, I'm sure the contractors and the builders have some responsibility in replacing some of the trees they have to take down, but there's so much that we all can do aside from that. Right. And, you know, another big thing is, you know, advocacy in communities for keeping those large trees in place around those developments. And while it is great to plant individual trees behind a development, don't discount planting one or two individual trees because as an, you know, an oak tree at maturity can provide around 1600 square foot of canopy, right? So that's a big deal. But it takes a long time to get there. So it's really important for communities to understand that one big tree is doing much more work for that community than several small trees. That's really good. And and a, a month or two ago, I shared on the Facebook page on Green and Growing WSB, uh, Freedom Park in downtown Atlanta, they were doing a giant tree planting to honor uh, Representative John Lewis. And that's kind of going on this weekend, too. So there are amazing opportunities like that to volunteer in your community this weekend. And thankfully, we it's still a little chilly, Seth, but we, we got out through the ice and we got out through the really low temperatures and the rain earlier in the week. So why not have folks get out and plant? Now, when they usually do 
community involved kind of things, do they need to bring their own gear, their own shovels and gloves, or is that usually provided? Well, um, you know, it really depends on the event, but this year I would think during COVID it would be good practice to bring your own hand tools just so we reduce down on people handing stuff back and forth. Um, unfortunately, a lot of community Arbor Day events have been either modified this year or in some cases, unfortunately, canceled um, due to just being safe around the pandemic. Um, but, yeah, if your community is having an event, I would recommend bringing your own tools, you know, bringing your own personal prote- protective equipment just so you can make sure that we do this event and do it safely. Good advice. I want to give you the opportunity to promote the website. Y'all have Georgia Forestry Commission has set up so many good resources, whether it's videos or printed material or articles that folks can really refer back to, whether or not they're planting a tree or just looking to do so many other things out in nature. Yeah, our website, um, gatrees.org. Um, has a great um, wealth of resources for homeowners uh, to use just to learn better tree care in their backyard. Again, if you go to our website, gatrees.org, under the Urban and Community Forestry tab, there is an Ask the Arborist section. Ask the Arborist is is a service we provide for homeowners. You can go on there and provide pictures and questions about trees in your backyard, and we'll help answer those questions. Also on that page are a lot of our printed resources as well as many video resources. So we have just came out with a bunch of new tree care videos, One specifically for today is a really good tree planting how-to video for containerized trees. So I recommend anybody planning to plant a tree, check that video out, and hopefully you'll uh, pick up some tips. Now, I'm not going to say I'm going to steal it, but can I share that on my Facebook page? Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. We would love every resident in Georgia to watch it at least once. Perfect. All right. So that'll be up here in just a little bit on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you, and I know you certainly had a really busy week. So uh, thank you for being out there, Seth, and for educating folks and just really being passionate about what you do. I've seen you in action, and I just think that it's so contagious for folks to have you out and be talking about these things and the importance, and you're having a good time while you're doing it. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us on the show, Ashley. And thanks to everyone out there that's engaged with their community helping to plant more trees this Arbor Day. Oh, happy Arbor Day, Seth. We'll catch up with you real soon. All right. Thanks, Ashley. So I'm going to be sharing that video link on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page, just kind of a how-to of tree planting and tree care. And off the air, Seth and I were talking because I I had a question about uh, seedlings. You know, like if you've never seen a tree seedling, you don't know really what you're dealing with if you're able to pick up one free from your community or something like that. I was like, you know, so how do we need to plant those? I mean, are they just so gentle and fragile that we can't just throw them in the ground? So he said it really depends. Um, if if you're going to be planting that in an area with some competition, be it grass or going around it with a lawnmower or something like that, and that's the spot that you want it in, you may want to give it a chance to grow just a little bit, maybe a five or 10 gallon pot and then let it grow over the summer into that pot. And then again, waiting till late fall or winter to plant it in the ground. And that's going to be okay if it lives in a pot for the next eight months. That's going to be just fine. Um, and if you've got a harsh site, like, you know, Georgia red clay, it's so compacted. Uh, again, really working that area very well, that entire area, tilling it up, adding organic matter, all of that kind of stuff. Again, maybe just let it live in a pot for a little bit, grow in a pot and make that area a lot more conducive to its success. Um, And, you know, Seth mentioned watering is just absolutely so important, keeping up with that, whether it's in the ground or whether you've got it in a pot. Um, Some seedlings, though, they can go straight into the ground. So just make sure if that's what you're going to do, you don't 
bury it too deeply. You plant it kind of where the root flare begins and make sure you've got a good mulch ring around it. Mulch is going to do so much for that tree. Don't uh, lap it up onto the trunk itself. Keep it you know, a few inches back, but definitely mulch out as far as the roots go. And of course, those roots are going to grow, you know, over time out sideways. So the mulching becomes larger and larger, but that's going to get you off to the best start. And one of the most resourceful things that I have found being active on social media, I hate Instagram, but I'm on it, but Twitter, Facebook, all of that. If you follow your local city, I'm sure that they've got a Facebook page or a Twitter account. They may be putting things out today and this weekend for Arbor Day. So I did share something that downtown Woodstock put out for, uh, you know, Woodstock residents. They have 700 tree seedlings that they're giving away um, for Arbor Day. Actually, I guess, oh, they did it yesterday. Oh, bummer. I, I, I misread that. That was yesterday. But they had 700 to give away. And some of the examples of some of the seedlings that, uh, you know, these these counties and jurisdictions are giving away dogwood, eastern redbud, bald cypress is a good one. So just be on the lookout for that. Maybe give them a follow or a like on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and kind of see what opportunities you have there. All right, we're going to be back. We've got some of your calls, 404-872-0750. You're listening to Green and Growing on WSB. Twenty-eight degrees right now. Waking up to that in Midtown Atlanta, it is cold. But Channel Two Action News meteorologist Brad Nitt says it is going to warm up to about fifty degrees today. So it's still going to be pretty chilly, but at least it's going to be a sunny afternoon. There is no chance of rain in the forecast today or tomorrow. Tomorrow it's going to warm up to at least the mid fifties for most of us, and lows overnight tonight into tomorrow, dipping down again below freezing. But at least there's no precipitation or moisture that's going to freeze over. So your complete forecast. They are sponsored by Finley Roofing, and Brad Nitz will have more coming up in about 10 minutes during the newscast. So, again, it's going to be a great weekend to get out and get done what you need to get done. And you're starting, you're itching for spring, right? You're itching to get outside, and you're just looking at that landscape thinking, oh, wow, it's it's gotten ahead of me, and there's so much to do. So I try to make it a little easy for you with this. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. So number one, why not fertilize fescue? This is a great time for the first of a few applications for the year, but fertilize fescue. I had a conversation with uh, University of Georgia's Clint Waltz, a turf grass specialist, and I'm going to have that conversation on next Saturday. But really, when talking about that and uh, looking at your fescue and what fertilizer you're going to want, something like a 1648 or 24812, the nitrogen and potassium, that first and third numbers are going to be highest. That's going to be best for it this time of year. Uh, number two, prune shrubs. Get out there, put the garden gloves on, sharpen those pruners and those loppers. Um, holly, ligustrum, those are going to be tough and euonymus too, but you can whack those way back right now. They're going to be so forgiving. Butterfly bush, you want to do that before it starts to bloom. And rows of Sharon, if you've got one of those in your landscape, you know how frustrating that is. It's just been twiggy and ugly and bare all winter long. So that's very forgiving too. It's going to probably grow back. Don't even worry in the summertime to six, seven feet high. Um, do not prune though now things that bloom in the spring like the azaleas and rhododendrons and things like that because if you look really carefully on those they've already set the buds and those are going to open here very soon so don't cut those back right now 
And number three, while you're in the cutting mood, pampas grass and other ornamental grasses, those can be cut back to around 12 inches high. Walter Reeves has a great resource for that because I know some of those grasses are very tough. I mean, you need some heavy-duty tools to be able to cut those back, and the blades can be um, sharp. The the grassy blades can be sharp. So go to WalterReeves.com and type in uh, pruning ornamental grass or pruning grass. Um, and you'll find some some good tips there on how to do it. You know, like banding some of it together, just going at it with a scythe or something really, really sharp. Um, and monkey grass, if you've got that and it looks a little haggard, now is a great time to cut that back. I do it by hand, but you can mow over it. Um, and if you need to, dig it up and split it and share it. If it's becoming too thick in some areas, now is a good time to do that. Just make sure you water it in. All right, we're going to talk to Diane up first, right after 7 o'clock, calling from Powder Springs with a question about crepe myrtles. And we'll talk to you, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. This is 95.5 WSB. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.